Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Baseball. And I'm joined by Sam as usual. Hello. Uh, and also um, we have another guest, uh, Thomas. So, hi. Hello, nice to be here. Mm. Um, when was last, did we last do this, Sam? It was like... Uh, it was three, four weeks mid, ago. Middle of the World Series or something. Yeah, we did a strangely so, timed, like, off-day podcast. Yeah. And then we said we'd do one after the World Series. And like this, is, afterwards. this is it. This is it. This is the after the World Series one. Yeah, like three weeks late or something. But, yeah. The start of the off-season, anyway. There's not We're not with much. Um, and No, nothing's happened, has it? Really. I mean, the qualifying offers, which are like... Uh, well, we'll come on to those a bit. Um, there's not been any trades of no, I don't think. Uh, no, I don't believe so. I think Braves have made one. I think they didn't they get a picture the other day. I mean, it was there like. Oh was yes, like, they signed Drew, Drew Smiley. Smiley or something? Yeah. yeah, they signed Drew Smiley. Um, yeah. And uh, and Theo Epstein left the Cubs, which is not all yeah. that interesting, yeah. really. But... Uh, the Cubs just like they won and then they decided they didn't want to spend any more money and yeah. it turns out it's quite hard to win he then basically left just as yeah. it's about to go wrong because all, all of their star players are expiring aren't they I think at the end of this next season next off I mean, season like is, Rizzo is... Bryant Baez, Baez and, and Schwarber, Schwarber are all expiring so he's like oh see ya I'm off and um, a lot of the pitchers have got old or left in some way yeah um it's the downside yeah. to this, like we've got this generation coming through idea. Because if you have it in American sports, it does then mean, oh, look, we've got all these players through in one season. Well, it means they're all going to leave potentially at once as well, which is not ideal. Yeah. The other big news, just quickly go over the headlines, um, is the Angels got a new general manager. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Which... Was he? As well. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember what his name is, to be honest, which isn't great, but um, <laughs> that's what you get with this podcast. And um, your computer's so bad, you can't even look yeah, it up. Yeah, I would look it up, but my computer will break, and yeah, the, the podcast will probably yeah, stop recording or something. Um, Pe Perry Minasian, I think I've probably said that wrong, but... Yeah, I think that's interesting, because basically the Angels... They're trying to be good all the time. They always and spend money. Literally but... never good. Yeah. So they've had one season, haven't they, under Trout? Um, I think what was it, twenty fourteen? I want to say when, because um, I think it was when you guys last won it. Because I think the Royals played them. I think I think they swept them. But and I think the they won something like close to hundred games that year. It was like Pujols' last proper. Well. Not dominating by his standards, but dominating by his Angels' career standards, and uh, and I was really sort of su surprised at the time. I think I, I just thought, well, this is going to be it. This this is finally when the Angels are going to make a bit of a run, and you know, it was it was seemed to be over before it started, and uh, you know, it's really bizarre. I mean, is I think I've asked this question before on on Twitter. Is there another sport like ever where the best player in the game by probably quite a distance and you know and to some people the best player ever is playing for such an awful team you know it's it's such a strange 
yeah. thinking that this would happen really i mean it's... i know it's all it's always possible this could happen in american sport but it still seems you know really odd it's like messi playing for doncaster or something you know it's just like it's just really really bizarre it's yeah. the nature of individual stats so it's partly that you can be bad you can be a bad team even if you've got one like all-time player in baseball which in a lot of sports like in basketball for instance if you put lebron james on a the team they are immediately good you could put us three playing yeah. next to him and they'd still be pretty good like and then obviously in football and then in other sports like in football if you're a really good player on a bad team you're often not viewed as that good a player you can't be viewed as the best player if you're on a bad team perhaps but then with baseball because of how in, the individual stats are you can see objectively that Mike Trout is like that good and then I mean they're just it's just phenomenal how they find a different yeah. way to be bad they're always in the top in payroll it's not like they're not trying yeah. they're always yeah. spending money on top of Pujols' contract and they're still just yeah. rubbish the thing really. is recently is that they now have like other like almost superstar level players with him with like a Tani Rendon I mean well I guess Pujols meant to be that before as well but um, oh, this, I think there's probably some others. I'm trying to. There's someone else I think I'm missing. Is, is Justin Upton still there? Yeah, yeah. I guess he He's was there for a while when they I got was him. About that the other day. Yeah. But there's basically I mean, like sorry. their issue is everyone else that's not like an all-star level player is just like utterly terrible, like completely like below average. Yeah. Usually, they don't find any like value from anyone that is not meant to be really really good if you know what i mean and and that's really like any t- baseball team that's going to be good has to do that it's basically how the dodgers have managed to be good and even the yankees recently it's like you know like players like luke voigt and Gio shella and stuff that have managed to be like really good when they weren't expected to be and it's almost like mm-hmm. you need to have that to be good and they it's, are completely the opposite of that it costs too much otherwise if you have to buy good players, literally they, they're, they're good players. They've got Mike Trout, and then obviously Atani's not expensive yet. But if you have to buy a good, all of your good players, it's going to cost you $500 million. It's just impossible. And the yeah. pitching, obviously, it's a cliche, but like, I mean, look, when they signed Rendon, at the time, it was like, well, that's fine if you saw out the pitching as well. And then they just, yeah. just didn't. They just thought, no, it'd be fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like their, their tactics is that well, we just doesn't matter how crap our our pitching is a bit. We're just going to win every game fifteen thirteen or something. You know, it's like so they were just decided that they they were going to flip the script on usual baseball tactics and just say we're just going to make sure we just score. It sounds like a bit of a you know a bit of a stupid cliche, but basically that we're going to score just going to concentrate on scoring more runs than the yeah. opposition. We're not going to care how many we concede. And you know, I've only followed you know baseball since twenty twelve, but pretty much since. I start started following the angels have always had a problem you know from like a pitching standpoint i, th- I can't they had one i always forget his name but there was one they always don't think he's there anymore but i think they they had one really nasty sort of starting pitcher that was always injured though but i can't Gary richards Gary richards that was it, yeah yeah the padres picked up no, he's a free agent i think again maybe yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, in terms of stuff, he's actually got some of the nastiest stuff you could could wish for. But he was always he was always injured, so it was that was always sort of the issue. But they didn't, it's so weird that they just never seem to 
address it. They do seem to be like the opposite end of the, you know, crosstown rivals or Dodgers. Those are just Dodgers are one of the most about as well run as you can get in terms of a baseball team. Yeah. You know, that... so it's, um, I mean, that's certainly how, you know, my team, the Mets, we want to, I think it, the quote is, we want to be the East Coast Dodgers, basically, in terms of how well we're run and, and everything. So it's, it, it is really odd. They just don't seem to be addressing it when it seems, I mean, it's so obvious to us. Why, you know, why aren't they yeah. addressing these issues? I mean, they just seem to just be piling on, you know, offensively instead and rather than spending money on um pitching and you know there is some obviously there is some pitching available this winter yeah. with you know, obviously charlie morton and um trevor bauer i think there's there's um, no doubt they'll know, so... pick up one of those or well maybe not one of those two but they'll pick up one or two free agent starters and basically the fact they've got a new general manager is like they've obviously got the talent there to be good um so i think it's interesting if they start being run slightly differently and not so ter- badly that there's a chance that they might actually start being good because they should be. You look at their team and every year you think, oh, they've got a chance they should be in the mix and they never really are. Um, but yeah, talking about teams that spend a lot of money, um, we should move on to the Mets as Thomas is here. <laughs> <laughs> um, They're all the most interesting team this off-season as well, to be fair. Yeah. I think... They're in a um, when loads of people are going to be cautious. If you come in and say you're going to spend, um, obviously COVID, no fans potentially next season again. Whatever the revenue situation is going to be like for a lot of teams, and the fact that about half of them aren't interested in spending big on free agents anyway. If you come in as a big market team and say we're actually going to spend now, and we're going to happily pay the luxury tax and all this stuff. They could pick up some ridiculous signings. There's, there's going to be people who go really cheap, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, the, it's easy to be sort of fantasy about it, really. I mean, it's, I'd say the most likely ones, I'd say Charlie Morton and Trevor Bauer are the, probably the two most sort of, well, not realistic, they're all realistic, thankfully, to us now, but I'd say the most, you know, you know, straight, straight, you know, not looking at it from a video game perspective. I mean, you know, I'd say I don't think we're going to go after Real Muto. I I genuinely, really? Really? yeah, I, I think we're going to be put off by, you know, I think I said we're going to be, because of the yeah. way I think we're going to be run now, I don't think we're going to be looking at giving huge contracts to someone on the wrong side of 30, you know. So it's, I wouldn't be surprised if we just give it to someone like a Yadier Molina on a two-year, two-year deal or something. You know, it's, it's. Uh, I think if we're going to get one of them, I, I, I think we're going to get Trevor Bauer. Certainly Charlie Morton, I think, and we'll go after him. So I think we yeah. need that more than, and more than anything else. You know, Strowman's actually accepted his qualifying offer, but then again, we're still thin because Syndergaard, despite his, you know, his most recent video for, you know, he, you no, know, as Syndergaard always likes to do, he likes to grease himself up and take his top off. <laughs> You know, because I don't know why. That's just, he seems to like to do that, uh, and it was coming out of his hand quite nicely. So, but we've still got to be realistic that you know it might well be. It's going to be in the, in the summer. You know, it's probably going to be more likely June, May, June at, at the earliest before we see Syndergaard. You know, Tommy Johns shouldn't be rushed back. Um, you know, I'd say you know Trevor Bauer has been making all sorts of hints. 
about, as he's mentioned, you know, um, our former GM is now come back, Sandy Alderson, and our new owner, Steve Cohen. So, you know, he's, he's a proper teaser, Trevor Bauer, as we all know. But uh, Charlie Morton probably makes most sense geographically because I think he's actually from New Jersey. So he's not. So I think um, if you use that logic, yeah. um, then. And, you know, the one. But as I said, we talk about free agency, the one that is consistently linked with us is Francisco Lindor. That's been that's been linked, you know, pre Cohen. You know, yeah, so it's for the, uh, um, and I think we have got the Yeah. I mean he is going to be traded this winter, I think that is you know, yeah. it's almost you know, I'm, I'd say it's ninety nine percent certain to happen. I, I know, wouldn't um I wouldn't touch that one personally. I wrote on on the Yankees really? recently about Lindor. Just that I think um rental deals for one one year of even for someone as good as him and oh, Cleveland yeah. want three major league ready as in like controllable young players yeah it's like for, for, from prospects. the Mets it's like what they're gonna start asking for like Brandon Nimmo or something like I, Nimmo I Nimmo Jimenez and someone and a prospect sort of thing and it's like yeah, yeah Jimenez I would not want a deal I mean yeah. even if even if it meant you know like tying down Lindor immediately, you know, because I think that's what Mets fans are saying. You do what the Dodgers did. You get Mookie Betts and you immediately extend him, which is like I've said for a couple of years that, you know, I've been confused why the Phillies didn't do that immediately with Real Muto because they gave up, you know, quite a bit for Real Muto and didn't, not that I'm upset, obviously I'm delighted he's not in our division and I hope that's, hope it stays yeah. that way. Um, it's, um, but he was. I just never made. It never made any sense to me that they didn't immediately extend him, considering who they gave up. And you know, we've seen how good Sixto Sanchez has been for the Marlins. Um, yeah. So it's. Um, so I think. Yeah, as long as we extend Lindor immediately, then yeah, I'm probably more willing to give up someone like a Rosario. Um, Nimmo, I wouldn't be against do because you know, I defensively, you know. I, I like Nemo. He's probably a little bit underrated, uh, Nemo. But I think defensively, he's found wanting a little bit. Rosario, I really like. I think he's improved a hell of a lot. And I think I would be willing to let him go. He's one of those I don't. I wouldn't mind if he stays, but I wouldn't mind if he leaves either because obviously Lindor plays Rosario's position. But I think Jimenez has got a higher ceiling. I think. I think. And I, I think we can train Jimenez into other positions as well. And I think he's. Long term, I'd say he's got a better bat than um, Rosario. Yeah. Rosario can be streaky. He's pretty. He's been pretty consistent the last couple of years, but he's pretty. He can be streaky at times. Hence, why I I wouldn't mind keeping him. But if if it's a choice of the two with regards to in the trade for Lindor, I'd rather it be Rosario. But if you know, but the worry I guess is that we would have to give up one of our sort of prospects there is I guess the two that have been named or, or Brett Beatty I think his name is and Alan's the one I would really be scared about losing because if you honestly if you watch him pitch as I like watch him DeGrom it's so nasty his stuff is his, I mean he has genuinely got really good stuff he's what probably our best pitching prospect at the moment yeah you know, that, and, you know that's the thing I, I think though is that I I'm not sure it especially if they're now going to start spending money like the new owner says mm-hmm. I'm not sure it'd be the mm. best move for them to trade for him at the moment because they're going to just well they're going to weaken their position in terms of their farm system and their like depth in just generally in the organisation and 
there's a good chance these there's no guarantee at all that he's going to stay but a good chance that he'll test free agency um so i think really like whether they sign real muto or springer is the big like test of how serious they are because um, yeah they sort of like i think in terms of um position players those are like the two obvious weaknesses i think in the mets lineup because well i mean mostly to be honest i when i look at the, the mets the last few years it's like there's not really any many obvious holes in it they've got depth and they've got like a bench and a few like, young players that are like have got upside all around like they seem to just have so many good like solid hitters and yet yeah it it never seems to work out but if though though at the moment the only two areas i can really see like the needing a starter is center field and catcher and that's like two of the biggest free agents so i think George like, yeah. see... not going to be there for long though is it no that's that, the problem with Springer that's the downside is... of that but... i think he's turned 31 or he's turning 31 and he's yeah. going to want five years, and then you're looking at yeah. like he's not going to be a center fielder for more than two years, you'd imagine. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, on the Lindor uh, thing. Uh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, it was just. I guess it just. It also depends on the the DH situation as well, because I mean, as far as I know, we haven't heard yet whether that is 100% going to go ahead next year. So I'd be amazed if said, it doesn't. I think I, I would be. Yeah, so would I. I mean, I'm, sure. you know, with. We're national leaguers, but you know I've always been a pro DH. But yeah, we've got sort of certain players that I think like you know because I, I was not just with Springer because like you know Springer would be he's probably number two on my list after Bauer, um, you know in terms of who I want. But it, it's yeah Springer probably for a couple of years I'd like to see him in center center field, but then maybe long term put him in the DH spot. But we have got all the potential DHs there because. You know, Peter Alonso, he's a, he's a solid first baseman, you know, but no, nothing more than that. You know, it's Dominic Smith is probably the better better one long term. And it means he can put Smith and Alonso, having a DH means he can put Smith and and Alonso in the same lineup, which mm. would be very, very exciting. Because yeah. Dom Smith is one of the best. If you haven't really seen him consistently, you don't quite realize quite what a good hitter he is. You know, he's a great yeah, team. He looks like a great teammate as well, and you know it's. But we often, you know, shoehorn people into the outfield when they can't play it. You know, they put Smith in left field, and honestly, it's like. Oh, I saw mean, some of that. I watched yeah. a few Mets games with him out there, and it was it was a journey. I think he's a player actually. When we're talking about <laughs> trade package, he's one that would come up if you want oh, controllable yeah. major leaguers. That he'd be high up on the list. Uh, but what I was going to quickly add on the Lindor thing was that. If they really want the shortstop and they feel they can get a massive upgrade there and they're willing to spend their two quite big ifs, um, next offseason, you can either pay big for Lindor, Seager, Baez, Story. Correa. Who's the other one? Correa, yeah. Um, yeah. And then Semien's even available this offseason, who had a yes. really bad 2020, but was amazing in 2019. So you think, well, like, yeah. if he's between those two players, next. One of those years in 2021, that'd be nice. Also, but, Gregorius. Yeah, I mean, and, um, Cohen has already. Yeah, I mean, Cohen's already said that he wants a World Series in the next five years. So, it does. It does spark to me that I think we're going to be aggressive from the start. So, I think 
we're going to see not just free agency. I think we're going to be active in a in a trade as well, and I think we're going to be aggressive for Lindor. I think, and and I think maybe more and more people will be. I mean, the fact that Strowman accepted our qualifying offer that I'm if the Wilpons were still here, there's a I'm hundred percent he would have you know were rejected a qualifying offer i think it's just because he likes what he's getting from cohen and hearing from him and you know i think stroman is a mets fan as well so it's like so you know he probably just buys into what i reckon behind the scenes i've had some talks and you know cohen's been on twitter basically and saying that he has had talks with some of these players behind the scenes basically so okay. it's i think that you know Basically, I think some of these players have basically said this is what we want to do. But I think partially we've got to think about start about thinking about extending players as well because I think Conforto is up in the next couple of years. He's next off season, I think. I was next looking at outfielders next. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that's where it gets more <laughs> difficult, isn't it? That's when it's you can't forget about that. Looking at yeah, their their payroll's only this next season or whatever, but then suddenly they've got to pay Conforto and then they've got to pay Alonso in a few years and it's suddenly incredibly expensive. Um, yeah. I'm interested that you are not so keen on Real Muto. Um, I was also, as you're going to also say, when I hear an ownership group say anything like the World Series talk, it's really nice to be ambitious, but it makes me think of when the, the two Davids said they were going to take West Ham to the Champions League within three years or whatever the hell they said. <laughs> They've changed managers yeah. like 25 yeah. times since then and mainly been in the relegation zone. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I mean, I says I do like Real Muto. It's just that I guess I'm a bit old-fashioned with regards to, you know, catches and that and, you know, not wanting to overspend, you know, when they're... I mean, especially... I think it's especially Real Muto considering the talk coming out of his camp is basically that he wants something in the region of 200 million dollars which is over eight oh. years or something so that that's that's partly why i'm a little bit you know oh god let's go for a cheaper option like a mccann or a melina you know someone like oh uh, go you know, and, i haven't seen that i haven't seen those numbers i mean that is yeah for yeah. a catcher that's a little that's a bit much i think and you know he, especially he's not we're not talking about like peak posy or anything he's really really good and he's probably the best catcher in baseball but this isn't yeah this isn't an mvp candidate that we're getting there he's really good as a hitter for a catcher but it's not like you're getting mike trout that also catches he's he's just sort of yeah good i keep saying good but it's because i can't really say much more than that i don't think without it getting a bit a bit hyperbolic yeah, I mean, I said, but as, as essentially that's why I, you know, would prefer us just to concentrate on pitching. It's like an issue. I think that's the bigger hole we need. I think someone like a Bauer would be a real statement of intent. I mean, can you imagine, you know, Bauer, DeGrom, one and two? Well, probably, it probably will still, I mean, it shows how good DeGrom is that Bauer will still probably be number two. Probably about the. Or if, there can't be too many that will be in front of Bauer in a rotation. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it, DeGrom's probably one of them. And, um, I mean, that would be quite a scary one and two. It would be, be, be like the good old days of um, uh, you know, DeGrom and Harvey. It, was, it would be great. But yeah. it was... Um, I, I do think because we do struggle pitching-wise, because basically as things stand, we've got DeGrom, 
Strowman and Peterson basically is our one to three. You know, Matt's is incredibly inconsistent. I don't I mean he's been a huge letdown. I mean, we really thought that he was going to be, you know, something we could not exactly like a, our Tom Glavin or anything like that, but someone we can trust upon to have like a consistent late threes, early fours ERA every year, pick up 10, 12 wins every year, but he's just injured all the time and, and he's not very consistent. He's a slow starter offering game. So he's been a huge disappointment. So we yeah. do need, we do need to pick up some pitching. I think first and foremost, I mean, yes, it would be great to pick up Springer, real Muto, but, Bauer for me. Bauer and Morton have to be the uh, the first two we look at. So. I think the um, the starting pitching market is going to be pretty interesting. And the issue mm. there, with, well, with Bauer probably particularly, and any starting pitch that they're going for, is that the um, Yankees uh, currently mm. do not have a starting rotation apart from Garrett Cole, pretty much. I think <laughs> what they've had, Tanaka, Paxton, Hap. and Hap, of all, uh, are all yeah. free agents this off season, so they're basically going to be looking to sign like at least a couple. I mean, maybe they'll get Tanaka back because he's like he's a long-term Yankee. Seems like that's quite likely. But um, yeah. knowing the Yankees, you know, they're they're probably going to be looking around Bauer as well. You'd imagine. So that yeah, that that could be another way that the new owners can make a statement is if they outbid the Yankees. Um, yeah, that would be nice. I managed be to get Bauer in because. Yeah. Oh, that would be that would that would make my Christmas. That would be. That would, uh, <laughs> yeah. Someone rejecting the Yankees for the Mets. That would be peak twenty twenty. That would, wouldn't it? That would. Uh, yeah. The whole world has enough. truly gone upside down if that happens. <laughs> yeah. That I would think be um... the Mets outbidding the Yankees. Welcome to the new evil empire. <laughs> <laughs> I think the uh, the starting pitching market. I've seen. So, on the, the stuff I'd looked at when I was looking at free agent lists and things, I, I kept looking at it thinking, this looks quite solid. There's quite a lot of options out there. And then whenever I've read anyone else writing about it, they've said, yeah, it's a very shallow starting pitching market this year. So, it turns out I must be wildly wrong about it. But it's basically, there's Bauer at the top, and then there's Morton. So, I think that's the thing, is that if you're looking for a sort of top two rotation guy, that's pretty much all that's there, I think. Um, and Morton obviously might even retire. He's sort of going into free agency like he wants to be on the East Coast and get a really high yearly wage. Uh, but then beyond that group, I mean, Drew Smiley just went and there were some positive signs with him. There's Mike Miner, um, and even Paxton, actually, who was bad but also injured last year. There's quite a few guys that I think you could pick up for like a decent bit of upside. Um, and I, I would quite like to see the Mets get some of them because... As much as anything, it's depth, isn't it? It's like they should get one of the big guys and then they need some people to actually pitch some innings because, as you said, Thomas, like they don't have any starters, really. There's talk of Lugo going back into yeah. the rotation, which just seems... Oh, no, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad idea. It's like, well, it saves you. Otherwise, they're going to end up buying a reliever or something. And it's like, that's not great. But there's quite a lot yeah. of, of veteran arms that I think could at least could at least pitch some yeah. innings for yeah, Mike Minor, I'd be quite interested in something like because we do need, you know, I mean, Minor would if he can get something like two, I don't know, one fifty, two hundred innings out of him, and you know, four and a half ERA, you know, for, for a guy who's probably going to be fourth or fifth in the rotation, you'll take that. 
You know, so we do need to be a bit more practical about these kind of things, really. And having someone like Sandy Alderson back, you know, we're talking about the guy who basically invented Moneyball, you know, <laughs> in terms of at least bringing it into into baseball. You know, he's he's the guy who coached Billy Bean on it, basically. Yeah. You know, so he was, um, so he, he knows what he's talking about, and he's got a little bit more leeway now. So, and he's not a, um, he, he's not a full Sandy Alderson. Having him back is a big plus for us. But I said we're still. But it's not just with, you know, players. You know, we are trying to sort out the front office as well. Because as I said, we've only got something like six analysts, I think, compared to like the Yankees and the Dodgers, who have, they've got like 20-odd. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, it's, we are basically, I think we've had a load of names linked, like Mike Chernoff, the GM from the Indians. He's been linked with our president of baseball operations, Bobby Heck from the Rays. It's, um, so, and I think we are just trying to get better, from behind the scenes. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Steve Cohen is trying to, like, win soon in the next few years, but it's all about laying the groundwork. As as I've already said, we want to be the East Coast Dodgers is basically the, the way we want to do it. So it's just about making sure we turn into a competent outfit behind the scenes as well as <laughs> on the field as well. You know, I mean, it's, I know take a while. it's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've been waiting eight years for us to be competent just in general, really. I mean, it's... Um, so I mean, yeah, it's uh, it was just I'm just great to get to get rid of him. Really, not only is the you know the our new owner worth fourteen billion dollars, he's uh, he's also uh, a Mets fan as well. So it's um, and interacting with with fans on Twitter. And I know it's a you know it's obviously all for show a little bit as well, and and I get that, but it is just sort of good to see really just interacting with fans anyway, even if it is maybe partially superficial, but it, it's. It's you know it's just good just to have like an owner that you kind of. But he's an actual fan, kind of, though, isn't he? I, yeah, exactly. I, think I would usually be very cynical of literally everything, but I think yeah. I think yeah. that's not too bad. Um, I, I not not too bad. That was the wrong way to word it, but I think that's probably quite genuine. He's just a fan because the other yeah, thing is maybe. he doesn't need to win anyone over, does he? He's arrived saying he wants to win a World Series in five years, and he's got billions yeah, of dollars. Yeah. He doesn't need to to try and chat the fans up. The other, the starter that I forgot was Jake Odorizzi, who took the qualifying like for him, last yeah. year. He's the guy that's mm-hmm. like Bauer Morton. Is he, is he that high up? Yeah. No. I, he's, I think he was injured last year. I think he'd be a low, yeah, he'd be a low risk, high reward kind of guy, wouldn't he, Odorizzi? He's like, um, you kind of, maybe his best years are behind him, but you kind of think, you know, maybe a couple of years um, well, it's hard to tell these days what a good good offer is these days because I got Zach Wheeler very, very wrong last year. But it was, um, yeah, just that type of... I think I, I think Sam's right. I think we do need to go after someone like, a, obviously, a Bauer or Morton, but, um, you know, in ideal world, both of them. Um, but it's... Yeah. Cause I think they're both realistic as well, but we do need some back-of-the-end rotation starters what? and... Because I said the last thing we need is Seth Lugo getting back into the rotation because we stumbled upon him just accident, you know, accidentally. Because he was like when we, when he first got picked, he was a a starter and he was you know fine enough as a as a um, as a depth. You know, he was he'd probably a f- number five starter at best, and he would give yeah. you about five innings now and then. But when he started going to the bullpen, he started to realize, God, this guy's 
we always knew that his stuff was pretty good because I think at one stage he had the highest. I don't know what do they call highest it. Highest spin rate curveball, isn't it? I've spin seen... rate for on his curveball for like over like three seasons ago. It was just so he, his stuff has always been pretty good, and of course he came yeah. as a starter, so his stuff is going to be good. So I just rather he sort of stayed there and. Yeah, you know, Diaz has shown signs of getting better as well. So it's I just rather keep him there with Diaz and maybe a setup guy and just build that up just a little bit. And because uh, the bullpen's not bad, we can maybe just add to it a little bit. Yeah. But it doesn't need too much, you know. Yeah. So it's um, but it's the main, it's a starting pitching that needs it. That's where we need to start spending money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking about the bullpen, do you reckon they will spend money on that? Um, a little as, bit, not as... exuberantly. We might do a bit of tr- some trades or some waivers, but yeah, it, it's. Cause... I think we'll. Not. I mean, I says I haven't looked at who's available yet. So well, when I um, we, when so I looked at it linked earlier, it seems like relatively deep. Like there's quite a lot of options and like good relievers available. I think like Liam Hendricks is Ooh, probably yeah. the best. Who's he's been like the best reliever for the last two years. Um, well, including yeah. the shortened I mean, season, so yeah. sort of half counts, I suppose. And then there's like guys like Melanson, who obviously was good mm. for a while, and then and has been good again since he went back to the Braves. He's solid, yeah. yeah, and he was terrible for a while. Yeah, really, really bad yeah. for like two years. <laughs> in the middle yeah, of that, that sounds like pain. That does that. <laughs> it was there was some serious pain. There's, in fact, it's one of the uh, MLB TV memories. Is one of the worst experiences I've had watching baseball. Is the Nolan Arenado walk off oh, grand walk-off slam for the cycle. cycle? Yeah, off Mark Melanson, is it? Oh it my just, god! And that was—I think that was like it was, like, it was knackered as well, and it just—you yeah, like could see it coming. Morning, it was like, sorry, I <laughs> walked the bases loaded or something. It's just absolutely crap. And that, I mean, that's my just, Mark that does, Oh god, that does sound like just hell on earth. Like, away at the Rockies, bases loaded, ninth inning, and Arenado was up. You know, it's just. Uh, yeah, he's another one that's sort of been mentioned as a possible sort of trading partner as well. No, I mean, what, Arenado? Yeah, which seems a bit odd considering he only what signed that long term deal what two years ago. He, he's gone a bit. Um, he's gone a bit basketball player, hasn't he? He signed the contract, got the guaranteed money, and then went. Actually, no, this is rubbish. I hate it here. Trade me. Yeah, it's... he was the toys were out of the pram last off season, and I I don't blame him because I mean they're basically. We were talking about the Angels being badly run. The Rockies have an incredible talent to take players who are brilliant in the minors and make them rubbish. They yeah. have like half roster <laughs> full of these players who get to the majors with all this promise and yeah. then hit like one twenty. A couple of years ago, yeah, they had an amazing farm system, didn't they? Didn't they? And loads of these guys have come up and are just like the majority of them are just yeah, they're just like useless in the majors. Yeah. They, and they don't. I think yeah. the thing is they don't develop them properly, do they? They just like bring them up and then they just like on the bench get like pinch hit opportunities a couple of times a week and that's it and then it's like yeah now they've forgotten how to play baseball because they've they've not played for not three played. years yeah and then then yeah. they sign uh they signed daniel murphy as well that went badly uh ian desmond is ian desmond must still be there he, he's got a contract with the rockies until he, oh. basically the next pandemic or something like he's that's one of the worst contracts uh-huh. handed out in um, was well, is he? He must still be there. Or is I he think fine? so. No one else is going to get him. Do they cut they? him? <laughs> I got a feeling. Oh no! That's... I got a feeling they cut him. Did they? He's on the restricted list. He didn't play this oh. year. Oh, did he okay. opt out? 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually. Maybe. He might have done. I haven't heard anything from him for a while. He, he was, like, he was, talking, he was yeah. at the Nats for a while, wasn't he? he was yeah, he did, there, he did sit out. Um, he sat out this year. Was, yeah. So that was good. That was the best thing that's happened to the Rockies in a long time. But it's like with with Arenado, there might, I mean, de- depending on like how, you know, who they want to tr- trade with, it might be a hard trade to, to give away Arenado because he might just have to really play on his defensive metrics, really. Because if you look, as much as I, you know, do think people exaggerate that the Rockies sort of like, you know, cause field and et cetera. Um, I mean, you guys would know better because obviously Rockies are in your division. But it was um, they. Arenado's stats are quite hard to ignore a little bit, home and away. I think his away um, average is something like two sixty, and I think his home one is over three hundred. So it's I'm not. I don't think it's quite as exaggerated as Blackman's, but it, it's still it is a worry, really. But but I said you know depends what you give up. Really, do you give up a little bit of the bat for an extra bit in the? Um, third base you know so it, yeah. I do Here worry for the Rockies really whether how much they could really realistically get back for real uh, yeah. sorry for Arenado because and the contract like I mean the, yeah, the, contract, the contract is so big say, yeah. and the, the yeah. thing with that we were talking about free agency how many MLB teams would hand out that contract like not even 10 yeah. you think that the two LA teams would, would maybe pay that in free agency for someone like Arenado the two New York teams the Giants would talk about it and then probably wouldn't do it like they've done with Harper and Stanton. And then, yeah, there's really not that many. <laughs> it's probably somewhere between yeah. like five and eight that actually would pay that amount. Um, his splits are a 9.85 OPS at home and a 7.93 on the road. It's quite a... Oh, my goodness. That is, that is shocking, man. That is, that's worse than I thought. Yeah, it's 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 weird, isn't it? I mean, well, to me, it is... Weird to me. Cause cause field is sort of weird anyway, but it's I never totally understood like why it would have have to be quite that big a difference, really. You know, just because of you know cause field being slightly different. You know, I know I know it ball travels out a bit more, but you know, just batting average in general, it's not I, yeah, just the I, power. I think it's, that's because it's... of how big the field is. It's because the ball carries. Yeah, they move the fences all the way out. So there's not yeah. just like home runs all the time, which there almost is anyway. But it then means that people it just like drops in all the time. Haven't it's they got drop rapid in infield turf of... as well though? Yeah, they've they've deliberately made the t- as well. Yeah, they've deliberately, I think, make the turf on the infield like super quick, so the ball like skids off it like it's quicker really, than most places. It's like really they've, ridiculous. They've, yeah, they've like lent into it a bit in that way where they've deliberately made it. Slightly easier to hit as well, um, but yeah, I, I think Arenado would be wherever he went. I he'll still an all-star level talent. It's just whether he is quite like a, you know, if he can quite be an MVP contender when he's somewhere else is the question. So I think they mm. they'd it'd still take a large, like a big old package of prospects to get him and. and not too sure who's going to be doing that at the moment. Like, I don't know who, who really needs a third baseman that badly. Yeah. No. 
Yeah, I'd be reluctant. I'd rather see us go more all out for Franny Lindor, to be honest, than than um, than Arenado. Really, I, I I I really like him, but it's like that. Those stats are. I mean, stats can lie, obviously, but you know that those are quite hard to ignore a little bit, even with the. But as I said, it you may be with the Mets, he could be a decent one because he'd be in a strong order anyway. Because he can, you can might be able to just accept him, you know, hitting two sixty, two seventy, but you know, batting sixth or seventh in an order that you know that has Conforto and Alonso and Smith and and Cano, and it, it's you might be able to just accept that, you know, you know, maybe in a loaded lineup like the Mets, maybe, and and just it, because I know the Mets want to be, you know. You know, get better defensively, and that because it's we do want to move in that direction because we've never been good sort of defensively in the whole time I've followed them. I mean, we've I think we've had one gold glove, I think, in the eight years I've followed them, at, so, and that was Lagares. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You know, so it's um, you know, I've got a question. Is, I got a question. <laughs> right, go on. I somehow had forgotten just how big this contract was. How much money and years do you think Nolan Arenado has left? Oh, I, I I'd say about, about contract six completely. years left. Six years and 150. Six years and 199 million dollars. 35 million that. for each of the next four years. 35, and then 32, and then 27. So you get some light relief for his age 35 season, paying him 27 oh, million dollars. Yeah, so so he's yeah he's still won, under won. 30 though, isn't he? Is the thing with that is if someone was to trade yeah. for him. In some ways, that I feel like that contract could almost um, give him more um, value he, than like than like Lindor's contract, for example, because it's like you know you're not going to be losing him. You know, if you're giving stuff up, you know you're at least getting um, value out of it. You get you're going to have I, him. I'd potentially like look at it in the same way if I was in a front office, but I just don't know if other front offices. I think I think they just get scared by big numbers, don't they? I mean, yeah. He he does. He turns yeah. thirty next April. Um, yeah. And mm. like I said, it's just so few landing spots. That's the other thing with the package with that. So with Lindor, even though his arbitration money is going to be in the twenties or something this year, or like high teens, there's small market teams that might take him on for one year, but like they might just pay the price yeah. and really go for it. I think we need to wrap up actually in a second. So. Um... Oh, I'll, I'll stop talking now. We're running out of time, so it's a little bit abrupt. But um, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I guess we'll see over the next few weeks, like what actually happens with all this stuff, or maybe the next month if it's anything like the last couple of years. Yeah, if it could be a long way. Soon as to the way it goes now. So yeah, I mean, I imagine we'll be we'll be back with another one of these. When something happens, probably. Um, but until then, goodbye. Um, yeah, goodbye. Subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff. Yeah. Look at the website. Yeah, that as well. There's some baseball stuff on there, I think, at the moment. So, yeah. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.